Welcome to the LIBF Financial Education Team Podcast. In each episode, we will discuss the key topics that impact on financial education, and whenever possible, include guests so we can get their thoughts and ideas too. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Catherine, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Scott. Not too bad, a little bit cold, sitting at home with no heating on, but um, yeah, I've got my blanket and my hot water bottle, so I'm I'm all right, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm doing the same. I'm notoriously bad for turning on the heating far too early in the year, and I've I've been pretty good. I did did break one day last week, but I've I've been pretty good so far today, but I guess that'll be part of our conversation um, about the topic we're going to talk about that will come up more, I'm sure. So we're going to talk money week in a bit, but just first and foremost, Catherine, Catherine, I know you well. We've worked together for a long time and you, you run the team for us. But for those that don't know you a bit about your background and what it is you do at LIBF. Yeah, I can. I won't give you too much about my background because I'll be here for <laughs> forever in a day. I Only mean, the professional I'll... stuff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Keep it clean. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I have a bit of a mixed background. So I have quite a strong commercial background. But then uh, probably 10, 15 years ago, decided to go into teaching and became a secondary school teacher and uh, predominantly went into teach economics, but ended up actually teaching our finance course. Um, and, and, and it was pretty much the highlight of my week. And I was teaching in a really challenging school in London with a lot of very disengaged young people who, who were pretty much kind of bunking off most of the lessons, but were turning up for finance. They, they really enjoyed it. And I think it gave them something they felt they could do and they were, you know, they could do well. And it gave them that kind of confidence that young people need often when they're failing at other things. Um, and then from there, I progressed over to working for London Institute of Banking and Finance. And I was the relationship manager, as you know, as part of the team with you um, and done various other things. But now, um, obviously, director of that part of the business. Um, and it's quite an interesting part of the business because, we are, in some respects, a very traditional awarding body. We provide, as you know, qualifications in both personal finance and finance from level one to level three. Um, and we provide those in schools and colleges in the UK. And, and myself and you included and other people in the team, we kind of wear our community and outreach hat as well. So this is where we do the really rewarding work where we go out and we support lots of different predominantly younger people um, in trying to get make them more financially capable and some of that is via charity some of it is in um, hospital schools some of it previously has been with homeless charity it's quite diverse what we do there we're happy to talk to any you know we've been been trying to to get a project up and running with Bernardo's and Carlevers for a good couple of years but Covid has caused us a few problems and also with some partners, so Principality Building Society, um, have been absolutely fantastic in supporting us in the provision of um, kind of personal finance in Wales. And that was traditionally with young people, but we've now kind of expanded that to some parent groups as well, which has been really successful. So it's, yeah, it's quite, as you know, it's quite diverse what we do basically. One of the highlights of our year is the Talk Money Week week. So just a bit about that, if that's okay. Why do you think Talk Money Week is so important? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because um, I was listening to um, someone on the radio the other day who was talking about, I think it was National Poetry Day or something, and they they, they were saying, oh, it, it's fallen, or Women's Week had fallen on National Cheese Day. <laughs> and I don't know why I was driving, and I, I kind of found that quite quite funny, but... 
I do think these things are really important. I, th I think that never has there been a more apt time than we're talking about the economy and about money and about personal finance and the struggle a lot of people face. And, you know, I, I certainly, I, I'm very keen to not diminish that challenge that people, that everybody faces, but parts of our, our, our communities are really going to find difficult. But I do think that some help is at hand in the respect of having a set of skills. It's such an important life skill, understanding money. I grew up in a family, in a very working class family, and money was always a struggle for us. And money was therefore always discussed. And I suppose maybe that set me up in life to have a good set of skills to, to deal with it. You know, I know I'm naturally very good at budgeting and looking for deals and, and managing money. But there are a lot of people who don't have that background and are now in a situation where, you know, they're going to be very challenged with money. So having Talk Money Week gives us a week to focus on that. And, and it gives us maybe a space where, because it's a specific week and because certainly we're trying to push it out within our own organisation and, and it's been supported by other government agencies and other great charities that work in that space, to actually just start having those conversations, to know that if you are struggling, there are people you can ask for help even if it's within your own support network, you've got other people like Citizens Advice, Money and Pension Service, give good advice. There's so you know, money saving experts, there's so many amazing places you can turn to. And I think Money Week allows us to have that focus and, and to say it's okay and we should be talking about it. And, you know, because in some cultures, that's not acceptable. There's a lot of cultures. I know when I was teaching in a very diverse school in London, some of the students would say to me, oh, but miss, I can't really get, you know, it's awkward for me to go home and talk to my mum or dad about money because they may see that as me being disrespectful, asking them about how they manage money. So I'd like to think that Talk Money Week gives us a focus and, you know, it's a time to actually just sit and say, well, look, and, and never has it been more apt because of what we're facing at the moment. And do you think people can sometimes assume that it's just them in a situation or that the people around them aren't affected maybe by money as much because of maybe the the perception that we paint for things like social media and stuff like that where we kind of we show the best of our lives but we don't we don't share maybe some of the other stuff that's going on behind the scenes and is that another reason why we want to make sure people do open up about that money and, ha and feel free to have those conversations yeah i think that's that's a really good point because Although if you go back 50 or 60 years ago, you would not, you know, it, the community in which you lived in, my grandparents' um, generation, you know, it was quite shameful to be in debt and you really would not have spoken to people. Although I think those communities were probably better at supporting each other anyway, because everyone was in a similar situation. And I do feel as though now we, you know, being in debt and credit, the availability of credit is probably the single biggest thing that has changed society in that respect. So it's much more acceptable to have 20, 30,000 pounds on a, on, a, on a credit card. And um, people have higher expectations of their lives and what they want to spend money on. But I, I also think at the same time that it, we know it's one of the single biggest links to mental health. I mean, if you're worried about money, whether you're a single person, whether you're a parent with children, whether you're an older person, um, you know, and you're living on a pension, it must be really isolating, Scott, to be really worried about money and to feel, who do I? I know, you know, I can talk to, to, to my husband about it. I know I'm looking, you know, we can sit together and we can discuss that. But there's so many people, even in relationships, who might be worried because they're in debt and they don't want their partner to know or they don't want their friends and family to know. So, yeah, I, I think 
breaking those barriers down would be a really big step forward. And, and people seeing that there is help out there, you can go and talk to people. And it's it's almost, I, I'm very aware this sounds slightly cheesy, but you know, sometimes a problem feels so overwhelming. Where do you start on it? And, and whatever problem that is in life. And, and it is that belief that, just take one step, just start that journey of trying, don't don't set yourself up with a to-do list of 30 financial things you're going to do. Try and think, what's the biggest issue that I've got? And it, and it might be just actually finding someone to talk to or going and getting advice, or it might be you've done that and now you need to tackle it and it could be a credit card debt or bills, or you've got to the point you're not opening posts because you're so stressed about it. And I think it's about promising yourself not to be too hard on yourself but to do one thing that is impactful and then you've got that sense of achievement of you know I challenged myself to do that one thing and I've, I've done that today that's a much better feeling that's a much better recipe for future success than writing a list with 10 things on it and at the end of the day yeah. going I've done two of them and that and I feel I've failed. I will just add this. I should be taking my own advice because that is what I... <laughs> that is <laughs> That's exactly what, what I do. <laughs> that's exactly what I do. And then I feel at the end of each day, oh, God, I haven't got through my to-do list. So I'm going to start taking my own advice from now. But I, <laughs> I, I, that's what I would say to my own family and friends. Just make it realistic. Deal with the one thing that's probably stressing you the most, if you can. If you can't, deal with one of the little things because then you'll feel a bit better about trying to deal with one of the bigger things you've mentioned family a couple of times um and i think with talk money week we've seen lots of progress and we've heard good things about the stuff we've done previously around trying to get those conversations going particularly amongst adults um how important is it that this also includes children younger people and, and the idea of talking about money being open to the conversation around money yeah, I mean, it's a good, that's a, it's a good question, good point. And I'm, I'm going to make a plug for our own Young Persons Money Index here. You know, we know we want to be an evidence-based organisation, so we do our research every year. We've been doing that for a, a long time now, and it hasn't really changed. Every year, maybe it goes up a point or two. Basically, what we know is young people that we survey uh, tell us they really want to learn about finance, and they also tell us that they're not overly keen to learn that at home. And I suppose some of that is who's to say that the, 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 the help you're getting from home, you know, your, your own parents or your carers, whoever you live with, could have bad money habits themselves. And they're passing those bad money habits and advice on to you. So, you know, that's really the whole reason of what we do day in, day out. You've got you, yourself and other people in our team. We go out, we're visiting, we, we provides and to over 650 schools and colleges in the UK and you know we create programs of just learning if that's what someone wants to do and then obviously we have the assessment side if a school wants to move that forward into a qualification but you know it, when I hear some schools say oh we are we are providing for for our young people we, we do a drop down day where we do budgeting and you know we, we all just everybody involved in financial education puts their head in the hands about that because that's great it's a start but there's so much more isn't there you know this to, to understanding and being financially capable just the basics about do you understand the difference between good debt bad debt risk and reward your credit history do you understand that what you do will impact on you potentially for a long period of time most young people have got no idea about that at all um and so i i think it's really important that that young people are being educated and that it, go home and talk to your parents about it and have those conversations but let's have some proper 
structured learning, you know, one of the things we talk a lot about in our team is it is it isn't compulsory on the national curriculum. It we know it's a really important life skill. Most of the teachers know that, most head teachers know that, the colleges know it, but it isn't a compulsory subject on the national curriculum. Um, and so schools are inundated with everything else they have to deliver and and, and quite often in some schools it then just does not become a priority so that's the thing we often push for isn't it that we you know even from a lobbying point of view from a government point of view is like make this a subject that that is compulsory really because it affects that this does not there's nobody's life that finance doesn't touch you can't live in a world where you're not handling money so it's so important you mentioned at the beginning that obviously we've all taught the qualification in in um, schools, and I always found that this was a conf- this was a qualification that went home across the dinner table. That when you had a parents' evening, it'd be this course they'd talk about more than anything else because yeah. they'd be saying, well, you know, my son or daughter's learned about or asking about a mortgage or whether I need to use a credit card and things like that, and it was generating interest. And actually, the parents were often pleased that they were learning it as well and sharing that conversation. Did you find the same thing when you were teaching it? I did. I mean, I if I if I had a pound for every parent at an open <laughs> evening that said to, that would make a beeline for particularly the finance area and say, oh my God, my son or daughter is absolute. This is the only course they ever talk about. And actually, I wish I'd le- I wish I'd had this when I was at school. And I I can remember it was probably three or four, maybe even five years ago. The Times had done this really good survey on. They'd gone out to people in their 35 plus 40, 50 age group and said, what do you actually wish you'd learned at school? And and there was really interesting things because some of them were basic things like how to change a tire on a car, you yeah. know, Quite basic life skills. Yeah, but but actually in the top 10, there was about six of them, were, they were all financial. They were people saying, I just wish somebody had actually sat down with me and done some basic financial education with me. So yeah, and, and the other thing I think that's interesting is you know, when you are a teacher, you you go into teaching because you want to improve the chances of young people and, you you know, you have a love of your subject, you have a love of learning and you really want that curiosity from students. And there's so much about our education system, unfortunately, that slightly knocks that out of young people at the moment. And I think to come to a lesson where they feel so engaged and so interested and they can see themselves kind of succeeding and doing well in it and then... The amount of students that used to come into me the next day and say, oh, miss, I helped my nana with her credit card stuff. And they would, you could literally see, you know, them holding themselves up a bit, but just this pride they had in themselves that they'd actually done something quite significant for, for somebody that that they cared about or knew. And yeah, I, it's, I, I cannot speak highly enough of, of how engaging I think our courses and, and, and other programs that other charities do in schools as well. Just reaching out to young people and showing them you could, this is something you can take control over is 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 invaluable, basically. And the theme for this year's Talk Money Week is around credit for everyday expenses, which is a little bit ambiguous. Um, but, you know, I think the gist here is about, you know, you, using credit for short term stuff, not like mortgages and maybe a car or something that's more long term. Um, what's your thoughts around that? Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you. When I first saw the theme, I, I was a little bit thrown by, by because there's so many things that it could mean, but I'm taking it to mean that where traditionally you might have used a credit card to say, you know what, let's 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 book a holiday as a treat and we'll pay for it over the next 12 months. I think what, what they're saying is that 
things have become so tough for people that they're having to do the most everyday basic things that they, they cannot manage out of, of the income that comes into the house in whatever form, that they're now having to use a credit card to, to buy food or a dental bill or, you know, just it, it's not for extravagance or treats like it used to be. It is now for everyday items. I mean, it's just it's just incredibly sad, isn't it, Scott? Really, yeah. it's you know when when you you asked me to come on this podcast one of the things that really sat in my mind was that I'm always very conscious in what we do as a job and what we're all passionate about that we don't at any point slip into ever sounding just condescending really and saying to people oh you know here's a little tip you know just put a cup of water in your kettle when you boil it if you're just making one cup of tea don't get me wrong those bits of advice are absolutely brilliant and and I listen to them and I follow them but we're kind of losing the basis of what the issue is here, which is, you know, soaring, soaring inflation. And, uh, you know, we've had wage stagnation for 10 or 15 years. Um, we've now got increased energy prices. I mean, it's without getting too into politics or too into economics, it, it's a, it's a, it's a bad storm in a really bad way. And there are so many people that are so good at money and so switched on who just, you know they are reliant on food banks. They are going to have to buy. It, it's much. It's part of a much, much bigger issue that yeah. that you know. I suppose certainly we we can't solve and we can't solve solve and talk money. We but we can start those. We can certainly start those kind of those conversations. And you know it, it was interesting because some of, one of my thoughts was well actually you know there's nothing wrong with using a credit card. I mean a credit card is quite a good way of. Um, I, I, and and actually, as a family, we have a system where we we pay for everything on a credit card to get the loyalty points. And we, but we're lucky we so we manage our money that we can clear that at the end of each month. Now, that's a really good way of managing your household expenditure. We're not we don't get in debt doing that, and we get kind of reward points for that. But clearly, not everyone's going to be able to clear it, so it's really worrying. If you can get a 0% credit card, even better. I, I bought my last car on a 0% credit card. I'm very pleased with myself about that, <laughs> um, you know, rather than take out finance. But again, I'm lucky I've got a good credit history because I manage my money well. So I was able to do that. And I fully, fully understand that there's so many people not in that situation. So I don't know. What can you say? It's just really terribly worrying that people are having to do that. And, and clearly, you know, the, yeah. the, the government needs to sort it out but i think we could probably do a 10-hour podcast scott on politics well, and where we're at with the government and you, you make some good points but sometimes it's not always about the solutions is it sometimes it's just about having the conversations and actually that can be half the half the solutions there straight yes. away we're just talking about it and that's the point of talk money week it's like look it's not always about having the answers and sometimes the answers aren't always there straight away but if mm. you can have the conversation in the first place you've got them that's your first step on the right path isn't it you know and not talking about it and having the conversations isn't going to get you anywhere but that it could be the, a really big important first step absolutely and i mean i suppose that that kind of takes us back full circle to what we were talking about earlier is you, you, you're always going to end up in a better situation if you can talk about something you just feel better you know what's that what's that? i'm trying to remember that famous saying about was it pro a problem shared is a problem, problem half yeah something yeah. like and actually there is an element of truth in that just actually acknowledging there is a problem and sitting talking about it is definitely definitely the beginning point point. and again reaching out to places 
that that can help and, and actually just understanding you know if you're in debt and you need a loan you're probably always going to be better going to say to a local credit union than you're ever going to be going to a payday loan or, or worse than that that exists so I couldn't agree more that actually the big issue is definitely being able to sit down and talk about things that's definitely start, starting point and I suppose that's why Talk Money Week is so good because it kind of gives us that focus brilliant Catherine, thank you so much. That's been awesome. Have a great Talk Money Week. I know we're doing loads of things at LIBF just throughout the week and some things internally and externally. And I'm sure you're going to be, I know you're part of some of the, all those things internally and externally, actually. So have a great Talk Money Week. Um, thank you so much for today. Final question. If you've got one tip or suggestion, you've mentioned a few things already. Any things you do at home besides keeping the heating off as much as you can? Is there anything else you could suggest? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to go for the most boring one, but it, I think it's probably the single most impactful one. Very boring, I'm afraid. It is, it's got to be meal planning, Scott. <laughs> you know, I know if I go to the supermarket, especially when I'm hungry, that I am chucking everything in. And I'm kind of thinking, oh, yeah, that looks like, oh, I'll buy some of this now. But I haven't really got a plan of technically what meals I'm actually creating. And I think... I have to say it, if you sit down and do a bit of a meal plan, then actually you're much more focused when you shop. You're definitely going to spend less food on the back of that. And, and, and I'm, I'm not I'm not getting any, any money for saying this. Challenge yourself if you've not, you know, if you're very traditionally shopping in some of the dearest supermarkets, I'm not going to name them, um, and challenge yourself to go to some of the slightly cheaper ones because I'm I'm a convert all the way I'm like you know it's not as branded products in those places but I'm not particularly caught up in branded stuff anyway quality is every bit as good it's so much cheaper <laughs> um so I think meal planning for me would be without a doubt one tip and off the back of that as well I think sometimes having you know for the nights where maybe you come in late you've been out at I don't know, pick the kids up from football practice or karate, or you're coming in late or you've done this, that, and the other, you're hungry, bit tempted to get a takeaway, <laughs> which is obviously hugely expensive. It's sometimes actually just having something else in the freezer, like maybe some pizzas. I know it's not that healthy, but it's probably healthier than having a takeaway. Um, so you're not tempted to then go and spend 30, 40 pounds, which in London basically is what a takeaway is, if not more. Yeah. Um, is is have something that feels a little bit like a treat. Because that's important in life, but actually it's still a lot cheaper. So, yeah, I think because money costs are just so phenomenally high at the moment. If you can get a bit of a cap on them, then obviously you're a little bit better off in other areas. Sorry, it's not very sexy, that one. No, it's perfect. It's, well, look, I'm banned from going shopping for that very reason. So I'm not allowed to do the food shops. I've had too much rubbish and all the wrong stuff. So am I, am I allowed advice. to say, am I allowed to say, don't let your husband go out for <laughs> I think that's that the best tip you could give. Because... <laughs> Yeah, there's been many yeah. around in the winter household about the really bizarre random things that then come back <laughs> along the lines of things like we don't need that. quail's eggs or a, yeah. or a pheasant or something, <laughs> just very bizarre things that I'm like, what the hell are we going to do with that? So, yeah, that's my other tip. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, Catherine. Thank you so much. That's been excellent. Do have a great Talk Money Week and um, please come on the podcast again and do another topic at some point. Lovely. I know I'd love to. That would be great. Maybe politics, Scott, we should merge into. <laughs> it's going to be a long one, that e one, isn't it? Economic policy. <laughs> I, 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 I'm at a point where I think I could do a better job, which is really worrying. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hold you to that one. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you, Scott.
Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And if so, please remember to leave a review and share. To find out more about the work we do at LIBF and our French education qualifications, please contact us or visit our website. All details can be found in this episode's show notes.